0: What's up, guys? It is Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report coming at you on shiny Tuesday morning from the Triangle. It's a lovely day. The heat wave has finally broken up a little bit. Thank God. Um, You know, it's been undesirably hot. My (laughs) back situation, if you guys are interested, I'm sure that some of you aren't, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I actually just got back from the clinic. Uh, Took some more x-rays in my hip. I've been out of of work for about a week and a half now. I'm I'm going back tomorrow. I can't sit in this fucking house any longer. Um, Thankfully, there's 15 seasons of Hell's Kitchen on Pluto TV, which I think Gordon Ramsay might be my spirit animal. But uh, as of right now, you know, a little bit of bone spurs in my back, uh, a little bit of arthritis in my back, which I'm 36 years old, so that's a little bit concerning. Um, Maybe have to start taking the... uh, the old exercise routine a little bit more seriously. But uh, pleased to say that nothing serious no herniated discs, no slip discs, no ruptured discs, no none of that stuff, no hip issues. So a little bit of arthritis, a little bit of bone spurs, and I'm back on my way. Uh, today I have Jonathan Warner from both Making the Madness as well as ACC Basketball Report. He is our resident bracketologist. We actually sat down for a solid hour, I would say, a little over an hour last night and talked about everything. Um talked about power rankings, talked about his 25 players in the his best 25 players in the country list, or I'm sorry, best 25 players in the ACC list. He actually released his top 100 players in the country at makingthemadness.com, so go check that out. We talked about my freshman top 15 list. He's a little bit high on FSU, so we talked about that. I'm a little bit high on Notre Dame, so we talked about that. We singled out Virginia, which seems to be a point of contention <clears throat> amongst everybody. Uh, right now in the preseason, which still July. Things are going to change. We, we, we talked about that multiple times on this podcast. Uh, we talked about the bottom four specifically, actually ended up being about the bottom five, and what team we think could play their way out of that bottom five. Uh, we then set the expansion, or we expanded out to a national level and talked about our five, six, and ended up actually being seven national title contenders as of right now, which, again, this was uh, recorded on July 22nd, so yesterday. You know, And then uh, we talked a little bit about Syracuse, what the expectation is, uh, coaching as far as, it, it, for instance, two clubs in the ACC this year <clears throat> um, are given the benefit of the doubt, unlike any other, regardless of what their rosters look like. Okay, You don't have to look at Virginia's roster, you don't have to look at Syracuse's roster to say, ah, Tony Bennett's a great coach, they'll be fine. Ah, Jim Beheim's going to recruit well, he's going to play that zone, they're going to be a good defensive team, they're probably going to end up on the bubble. I am not so sure on either one of those teams, which was reflective in my voting for the power rankings last month. So me and Jonathan touched on that a little bit. Uh, We also touched on, you know, kind of inadvertently, when we got into the national title contenders, I still don't have Kansas there. I have Kansas at number eight in the country right now. And what that led to was a conversation about Devin Dotson, which you ever ever let something go? You know, let something fly out of your mouth. And instantly try to try to grab it and, and throw it back in, okay? You know, it's like when you, when you touch off a round, you can't put that bullet back in the barrel. And at one point in this podcast, I said, you know, Devin Dodson's, you know, one of the six or seven best point guards in the entire country. But I'm not sure he's going to live up to the hype of what people are kind of selling him as right now. And I, I instantly regretted that. So I kind of sat down this morning before doing the intro and I wanted to take a look. If that was real, because I didn't believe it as soon as I said it. But when I sat down and actually thought about it, you know, point guards specifically that I would rather have than Devin Dotson. Now, I would rather have Devin Dotson than Trey Jones. Okay, I've said that on Twitter, and we actually talked about that today as well. But as far as point guards that I would take ahead of Devin Dotson... Cassius Winston, obviously, of Michigan State. I would take Cole Anthony at UNC. And I would also take Mark L. Johnson at NC State ahead of Devin Dotson. Um, <clears throat> that's just my preference when I think about point guards. Anybody who's listened to ACCBR since I started, started it a couple years ago, they know I love Mark L. Johnson. He's one of my favorite players in the ACC. I love his game. The way that he, the, the amount of different ways that he can impact the game in a positive way. Is something that I love In a point guard He's big He's long He can shoot it He can He rebounds the ball He's a one man fast break His defensive rating Leaves a lot to be desired But I don't think That he's as bad On the defensive end As maybe his ranking Would suggest Or his rating Would suggest Uh, Anthony Cowan Of Maryland Is another player I'd probably take Ahead of Dotson At this point So that's four That puts Dotson At the five position And then you can You could Investigate other options Such as Peyton Purchard of Oregon Uh, Kamar Baldwin, if you're going to label him as a point guard, which I would at Butler, is certainly a possibility. And then Davide Moretti of of Texas Tech. So I'm not saying I would take all those guys ahead of him, but they're certainly in the conversation. You could make an argument that Devin Dotson is the sixth or seventh best point guard in the country. Now, you could also make an argument that he is the second best point guard in the country. All that's fine. I just wanted to say before we get into this podcast that I did say something. Over the course of this conversation that I immediately had to kind of check myself on So when you get to that point, you'll know kind of what I was thinking Um, One announcement I want to make uh, ACCBR is now on Spotify So if that is your podcast vendor of choice Feel free to look us up and subscribe there Don't forget, like, rate, review, share, subscribe to the podcast Leave a five-star review Leave constructive criticism for me What you like, what you don't like What you'd like to see happen during this season And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome, for the second time around, Jonathan Warner. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! Farrell turns the key, drives the lane with three on the shot clock. All right, we are back for ACC Basketball Report. This is episode number 70. I have a repeat customer for you guys tonight, Jonathan Warner, who is our resident bracketologist at ACCBR. He owns his own website called Making the Madness. He has recently released his top 100 players in the NCAA. I believe he was the first uh, independent to actually release his list. Jonathan, how are you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. Enjoying the offseason, not a whole lot of content out there really at this point. I think we're at the, I saw today, the exact middle of the offseason. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm here to uh, be the mid, middle of the offseason.
0: Yeah, I think Haslam put up, uh, what is it, 106 days since the title game and 107 days ago until basketball. Yeah. So... No, it's been like you said we were uh, we're kind of scraping the barrel here as far as uh, as far as con goes we're kind of in a in that uh, in that area in the offseason where the only thing going on is baseball the transfer markets are kind of winding down uh, first thing I wanted to get in touch with you uh, for those of you who don't know Jonathan is a uh, a guy who votes on the ACC basketball report power rankings so we're gonna touch on that we've released these I don't know, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and we to kind of touch on them. I've been having some other guests on, so we're going to run down through these real quick. Um, As you know, the the top three were kind of, with the exception of a couple of stragglers, I guess, uh, the Chimp, who was also a voter, had had NC State winning the league, which isn't ridiculous, but I think it's... uh, I think it's a long shot, to say the least. What do you think of, I guess we'll start with NC State, since they were, they received a first-place vote. What are your thoughts on the Wolfpack? Uh, I think
1: it's a little bit crazy for them to be a first-place vote. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better. Uh, they return pretty much most of their team. Uh, so I do like that. continuity, kind of the second year of everyone being together. But I'd say they're Probably more of a borderline top 25 team, mm-hmm. more so than an actual contender to finish even three in the ACC standing.
0: Yeah, I I, I obviously love L. Johnson. I look for Devin Daniels to be better this year. Um, DJ Funderburk is a guy that I was low on going into the season last year, and just watching him play, the amount of energy that he played with, especially on the offensive glass, um and and really kind of solidified himself as that that front court threat for the Wolfpack. Now Wyatt Walker was the starter for most of the season. They kind of split minutes right down the middle. I believe I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but I think it was it was pretty close to twenty and twenty for each of them. Walker is now gone, left a year early, and Thunderbird is kind of the man, especially after Sasha kalea Jones uh, moved on as well. Uh, didn't stick around for his his transfer year what uh, do you think that what do you I guess what do you think of the supporting cast as far as Devin Daniels CJ Bryce Therberg we know that Johnson is really 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 good but do you expect those guys to take a step forward after after being in the ACC for a year
1: I think they'll take a little bit of a step forward I'm still not seeing like them averaging you know 20 points a game or anything close to that I think you know they're they're all Pretty solid players. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bench, their bench is you know pretty good as well. They got some solid pieces coming off the bench, uh, but you know I look for Daniels to be a little bit better. And then the next year, CJ Bryce was really impressive, at least to me uh, last year. Uh, Blake Harris, I think, is on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I. He was like a mid season transfer last year. I think he'll be a, obviously a mid season transfer is pretty tough to come into and sure. you know, find your way. I think he'll be you'll see a little bit better play out of him. Uh Jericho Helms will be better. Uh, and then May Bates, I think he was injured last year, so him coming in and playing more mitch should be good for this
0: NC State team. Yeah, Bates is kind of a, a, a defensive 4-5 uh, guy, uh, not expecting a whole lot from him as far as offensively. Uh, I think one guy that you mentioned, uh, Jericho Hellums. I think he might be one of the biggest keys to the success of this team overall. If he can solidify himself in that that stretchy 4-type position and Thunderbird can concentrate on hitting the offensive glass, and if those two guys can play together – and they rotate guys in and out. Uh, you know, Harris, like you mentioned, as well as we haven't talked about Braxton Beverly at all, who's going to play the two. Johnson, Daniels, Bryce. That's that's a pretty potent offensive lineup, to say the least. And then you got Funderburk blocking shots. It, I think a lot of that rests on where where Helms develops and, and if he can give them some solid minutes. Um, <clears throat> where we... So basically what we did was... When when we vote on this, we just rank these teams one through fifteen. The first place team that we rank gets fifteen points. We have one, two, three, four, five voters. We'll have six um, when Ethan when Ethan gets acclimated this season. You had you had Duke as your number one team. I had Louisville as my number one team. What uh, what for you sets Duke apart from Louisville or even UNC? I think the
1: thing that 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 Duke a little bit apart is there's a little bit more of like a Duke's obviously a little bit more talented. I would say their, their freshmen is, are better than uh, Louisville's freshmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Williamson, you know, he's a really good player, but he's not Matthew Hurt or right. Vernon Carey level good, I don't think. Uh, Jordan Nora, obviously, I think he's probably got to be everyone's favorite to win the Player of the Year award. Going into next year.
0: Yeah, I actually saw I mean, Rothstein just, just tweeted that out earlier.
1: That yeah. That was his point I think that two teams are pretty comparable, uh, just looking at them. Louisville's got a little bit more experience, Duke a little bit more talents. At the time ranking it, I just you know, went with the talents, but you know, it it's flip flop one and two between them and certainly North Carolina I don't think is a far off third team.
0: What do you think, uh, as far as the Tar Heels go, they're kind of thinking, well, they're kind of getting back to what they historically do, but they're also kind of taking a new avenue as filling out some roster spots. You know, they're going, we all expect them to go two big men with Garrison Brooks and Armando Baycott, Um, you know, more of the traditional two big look like they did when they had uh, Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks. Now they're also filling out their rosters with some some grad transfer guys who are coming up in Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce. I haven't seen Pierce a whole lot. I've seen Keeling a little bit. Do you think these guys are going to be able to handle the transfer up and, and keep UNC at the level at which they're 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 used to being at?
1: I think uh, it depends depends upon the expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you come in, you're expecting them to you know be like, go-to guys right away, I don't think they're going to be at that level. Uh, but you come in expecting them to play, like, 20, 25 minutes a night, get you, you know, solid performances, keep your team in the game, and, you know, kind of let Cole Anthony run the show. I think that that's a spot where I like both those guys in.
0: Now... I've got I've got UNC finishing third. You also have UNC finishing third. This again. This is this is June July, guys. So let's you know we'll do this again before the season starts. But we're just kind of talking right now. But my expectation for a starting lineup is more than likely Anthony at the one, Leaky Black if he's healthy at the two. I'll take Keeling at the three, maybe I guess, um, and then Brooks and Baycott in the front court. To me, that starting five says that Cole Anthony is going to have to score a boatload of points. Is, is, is that what you're feeling, or do you, do you feel differently about, you know, a different starting yeah. lineup, or, or what are you thinking?
1: I, I pretty much see the exact same thing. Uh, I would say probably Anthony, Leaky Black, uh, Keeling and Pierce, you could kind of flip-flop, and then obviously Brooks and Baycott down low. Uh, maybe you see Sterling Manley get a start early mm-hmm. in the season. Depends how fast Baycott's coming along. But I mean, I think by the end of the season, Baycott's probably the
0: starter. Yeah, for the Tar Heels. Yeah, and and we didn't even we haven't yet to mention uh, Brandon Robinson, who I think is going to be a, a big time asset for them. I'm not sure. I think you're, it's going to be a kind of a feeling out period early between Robinson. Um, robinson keeling and pierce and you know similar to what they did a couple of years ago with those big men when they had brooks manley and huffman were all kind of young guys it's going to be you know whoever plays well on a particular night or whoever shows out in practice or, or or what have you but there's going to be limited minutes and this is kind of a i'm not going to say it's an overly deep team with talent but they have a lot of guys who are maybe on the same level and we're going to have to kind of play it night by night is that is that something you'd agree with or or no
1: Yeah, I see a lot of solid pieces. Uh, Obviously, Anthony's the star. I think, you know, if you're looking for a reasonable comparison, I could see Anthony kind of having that Carson Edwards type role Mm -hmm. last year with Purdue where he's just going to go out. He's going to be the guy scoring and being, you know, asked to do everything. Uh, But I certainly like the core around North Carolina better than, you know, I like the core around Purdue. So I'd say that's probably why North Carolina is more so a top-ten team this year than, let's say, Purdue last year.
0: Right, yeah. And and Anthony, I'm not sure, is – at the very least, he's not going to be as effective as Edwards, but Anthony has – a quicker first step. He's more athletic. He's going to get to the rim better than Edwards ever did. So it might be a give and take. I'm not sure Anthony will ever impact the game like Edwards did from outside. I'm not sure he's got that consistency from three-point land. I think that might be the only knock on him, really, coming into his freshman year. Um, one of the uh, one of the Boston Brackets writers um, maybe got a little ahead of himself this morning and said... You know, he could see Anthony averaging like sixteen six assists and or sixteen seven assists and six rebounds. And I'm just here to say that if he does that, he's legendary. Because looking it up this morning, I just had to check it out. Going back to 92 93, no freshman, I don't think in the entire country, but it may be just the ACC has ever even averaged fifteen five and five. So. if Anthony puts up 16, 7, and 6, then he's he's already going down as a legend. He's going to be a one-and-done guy anyway, but that's just not likely. I, I'd like people to kind of temper their expectations. That is a, a truly historic uh, season, which he's capable of, but it's still unlikely.
1: I could maybe see like the 16 and 6, you know, with the points assist, but mm-hmm. it, I don't see how he's collecting the rebounds with all the – big man inside. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And
0: even six assists is is pretty difficult. I think even as great of a point guard as Trey Jones was last year, I think he only averaged like 5.4, something like that. So, I mean, that's a, that's a yeah. big number. Six is a big number. Um, one of the things that sticks out in this voting that we did is uh, you have, let's see, you have Florida State finishing fourth. I have them finishing seventh. Um, I have... Let's see. Where do I have? I have uh, Notre Dame finishing fourth. You have them finishing sixth. What what specifically do you like about the Seminoles?
1: Uh, well, one of the things you know I looked at. I'm not really you know too big of a fan of all the other teams, so <laughs> that's part of it. But just look at this team. You know, it's once again filled with depth. Uh, MJ Walker. I think he's. You know, I think he's finally due for that breakout season. Kind of been playing behind, you know, Terrence Van. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, maybe it's his time. Trent Force, you know, he's a good playmaker. And I, I just look at, you know, some of these guys like Devin Bassel. I think he's gonna have a breakthrough season. I'd agree. Kwan yep. Gray was really good last year. Uh, Anthony Polite, White Wilkes. You know, those, those are some guys that could. Take a step forward. Uh, you know they have the centers: Balsa, I Kaprivica.
0: Caprica. yeah.
1: Might have messed up. Yep. yep. Uh, you know they picked up the Drake transfer, Dominique knock.
0: Yeah, the, the center. Uh, yeah, yep. Yep. You
1: know, they have the big man that you look for. Uh, even the he McLeod. You, know, I look at him and he.
0: <laughs> he's a monster. Four, so.
1: <laughs> I mean. I, I guess uh, that's one way to replace Christ Kumaji. Uh, but this really deep team, you know, Patrick Williams, you had him on the freshman 15. Uh, just, you know, deep team. Uh, and that's really my thinking behind poor state being fourth in the ACC. Yeah, I,
0: you know, it, the thing that I worry about the most is. One, I've had MJ Walker. I had MJ Walker on my original freshman list when he was a freshman. Last year, I had him very high on the breakout eight. And, you know, last year, he actually he played more minutes. He regressed as far as his efficiency, and he only averaged about half a point more per game. So I he has the talent. I mean, this is a top 30 kid coming out of high school, and now he needs to be the guy because kofer has gone, Kevin gelly has gone, Terrence Mann is gone. Um, You know, this is MJ Walker and Trent Forrest's team. Jalen Williams is a kid that I like. I like his measurables. I like his talent. I like his athleticism. I'm not sure he can shoot. Um, Devin Vassell is a kid I think that will break out. I agree with that. I just wonder about his consistency. I I really worry about this team and their shooting, um, which is kind of why I was a little bit lower on them. I don't hold Hamilton – in tremendous regard as far as his coaching chops. I think he's more of a collector of talent than a coach. I, I just, I, I kind of cautiously optimistic with Florida State. I think they're a tournament team. I think, you know, in order for them to get there and, and do well, MJ Walker's going to have to live up to the potential that he had coming out of high school. Um, now, as far as the, the flip side to the coin, as far as Florida State and Notre Dame, I have Notre Dame finishing fourth. I really like John Mooney. We've gone, we've talked about it a little bit on Twitter. I think I responded to one of your your tweets earlier regarding Mooney. Um, I don't see a ton of weaknesses as far as talent on the roster, and I think that you know we obviously think that typically the biggest jump for 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 progress as far as development goes happens between freshman and sophomore season. This team was loaded with freshmen last year. They got a couple guys coming back from injury. I'm high on Notre Dame. What are your thoughts on the Irish?
1: I certainly can see you know them even getting to like the top four of the ACC. Uh, I think one of the biggest things, you know, this was a solid team, uh, and then you know, Pluger goes down in that Purdue game. They they win that game, and you know, say what you want about you know the rest of the season. I I still think you know if Pluger doesn't go down, I. Notre Dame's probably a borderline bubble team, maybe. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Probably an NIT team, but even that, like, that's not terrible. Uh, Moody was obviously, he was a stud last year, 14 and 11. Uh, And then, you know, you look at the freshman to sophomore jump, that's, you know, as you said, you look at, they had five freshmen they're all going to be a little bit better. Some will be a lot better. Some will just get a little bit better. But, you know, this uh, Irish team that I think certainly at least is going to make the NCAA tournament and de- definitely is going to t- contend it for a top 25 spot.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of Robbie Carmody, who got limited action last year before he tore his labrum. Um, <clears throat> You know, he was he was a solid defensive player on the perimeter. As far as you know, having to take time out to rehab and do all that stuff that may impede his progress a little bit as far as development goes. But I expect Dane Goodwin and Prentice Hub to be significantly better than they were last year. And when you're talking about Prentice Hub, I don't think that it would be I don't think it's possible for him to play worse. I mean, he had just a brutal stretch for about six or seven weeks in the middle of the season. So I I look for him to kind of tighten that up. I. I have, getting back to the power rankings, I have Virginia finishing sixth. You have them finishing fifth. I've kind of gone round and round with Virginia fans as far as why. I even put a piece up on the site as far as why I have Virginia where I have them. Um, you know, sixth in the league is not terrible, but I just don't see it as far as this collection of talent until I see. Uh, Casey Morcel play until I see the, the Juco kid whose name I, I will not butcher on this, on this radio right now um, until I see him play. I just, I, I can't quite get there with Virginia. What are your thoughts on the Cavaliers?
1: I just, you know, I look at Virginia's, you know, overall team, you know, start with Diakite. You know, he averaged 7.3 points per game uh, last year. You know, is that. And he's going from the junior to senior jump. Is he going to make that much of an impact? Uh, you know, I can see him being a much better role player, but, you know, I would hesitate to say he's, like, maybe even a top 50 player in the sport. <laughs> K.A. Clark, you know, he's a good passer, good defender.
0: Is he, you Not think a, he scores double digits? K.A. take No, K.A. Clark. No. No. Uh, not, not even you know,
1: no average shooter, but he's also five nine, and you know not a top you know three hundred recruits. Mm-hmm. You know, what they did last year well, but I don't think he.
0: Well, he, you know, you're a game manager last year for you know a trio yeah. of super talented guys.
1: Yeah, I think that's his best role. He's more of a game manager. Braxton Key, you know, he's a tough defender. You know, showed a. Ability to be a capable sh- scorer. Uh, he's not really efficient, and you know can't shoot the three. Jay Huff, you know, got played off the court, and they really, you know, were making the run. but They refused to play him. You know, I've heard a lot of people, you know, Virginia fans saying Francesco Cafaro. You know, watch for him this year. Well, there's also a reason. You know, he was redshirted his freshman year. It's probably because you know he wasn't quite ready. I don't know if he'll be ready this year to be like that impact player. You know, Casey Morcel, solid player. You know, you go up and down this roster. There's just question mark, question mark, question mark.
0: Yeah, and, I, and don't see. Any answers. Yeah, I, you know, Cafaro was injured. I think he get back on the court around February. He had a, he suffered a leg injury. Um, he was very good for Argentina. On the FIBA circuit, he is a talented guy, but three years ago, Jay Huff was a very talented guy. You know what I mean? It's there in, in a Tony Bennett system, which can, I guess, uh, mitigate deficiencies on that roster as far as keeping games close, limiting possessions, things like that. It's it's it does work well for that, but we've seen in the past, I mean, even Kyle Guy as a freshman had a little bit of difficulty getting on the court sometime because he couldn't play defense. Now, a typical thing that I believe is freshmen don't play defense. Um, We're going to have to see it from Casey Morsell because if he doesn't play D, he won't be on the floor. Tony Bennett has showed us that in the past. Um, Same thing with with Shedrick, who is a little bit thin. You know, McCoy, I don't expect a ton of as a freshman. I just think that people are just assuming that, hey, Tony Bennett's a great coach. He's going to figure it out. Well, that's fine but that doesn't mean I'm gonna rank him in the top 10 in the country um, I just I don't think that that Kea Clark can score okay this isn't gonna be a, a London parentis type season for him I, I don't see that I think Diakite is like a maybe a 12 and seven a 13 and seven guy with a couple of blocks I mean he's gonna be a star in the ACC this year and I think that Virginia is gonna make the tournament I'm just I don't see them being Whatever it was, sixty-six and six, or whatever the hell, you know what I mean. I don't see that type of dominance coming this season. I think they kind of regress to the mean this year.
1: Yeah, I could kind of see it being like Kyle Guy, the Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome freshman year, mm-hmm. you know, where they kind of you know struggle in ACC clay and get like a 5C. seed. I right.
2: think
1: that that's a reasonable expectation. What? I think anyone expecting anything much more than that. You know it's which would put them well 20 right? to 30
0: in the country yeah
1: I yeah. think that that's a reasonable expectation I don't think you know if you have them top ten you are probably doing it wrong
0: <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people I think when when the polls first started coming out just for people who are kind of I mean at this point we're all just kind of fooling around I don't know if I mean I, I take it seriously I guess because I don't want to put out something like Jason McIntyre who's a you know a blowhard but you know i was seeing early in the season you saw you know virginia 789 you're starting to see him creep back a little bit to the 12 through 16 range and i think as we get closer to the season it's going to become a little bit more realistic and i think it'll get to where it needs to be now they may come out and play historic defense i think the capability is there i just don't think it's likely with the amount of guys that are kind of playing A huge role for the first time and I don't expect Jay Huff to step on the court and be a defensive um you know uh, stout player you know immediately he's gonna he's an offensive guy he's gonna get some blocks but possession by possession he's not gonna d anybody up I don't think by any means um I wanted to talk a little bit about the bottom four in the ACC we've kind of We've kind of established, I guess, that the bottom four is going to be Pitt, Wake, Clemson, and Virginia Tech. I think Boston College has potential to join them if Winston Tabs isn't completely healthy. Um, Georgia Tech obviously reliant upon a couple of transfers and whether or not they get their waivers, which I've been hearing through the grapevine that Bubba Parham will not be receiving his waiver, which would be a great uh, disappointment to me because I think he is... Uh, a huge piece in what Georgia Tech could be this year, which is a bubble team, in my opinion. Of the four bottom teams, let's see, for the bottom four, you have – actually, you had uh, BC in your bottom four. You had uh, Clemson as last, VTech as second to last, Wake as third to last, and Boston College as fourth to last. Of those four teams that you put in the bottom tier of the ACC, who would be the most likely team to kind of play their way out of that basement?
1: I think it's Pittsburgh, you know, I look at them as compared to, you know, the other, I guess, five teams. Mm-hmm. And I I think they have the, you know, three, in terms of best players, they have the best three players of those bottom five teams. Yep. And, you know, that's a thing I look for. Xavier Johnson, you know, was an absolute stud last year. Trey McAllen, Zadios, Tony, you know, they were really good last year. You know, I look for them to, you know, maybe take a step forward. And, you know, I'm not saying they'll be, like, even close to really Georgia Tech. I think there's a big drop-off. I definitely see them probably being, like, the team behind Georgia Tech. Yep. And the top of the bottom pie.
0: Yeah, I you know – I, I tend to agree as far as Pitt being the team that's down there that could play their way out. I think one of the biggest things from last year to this year, as far as Pitt goes, is last year Pittsburgh tried to play Malik Ellison and Adiese Tony at the 3-4 slots. And Tony is kind of a guy who's going to float out a little bit. So Malik Ellison kind of ended up playing the de facto 4-ish. I hate to call him a 4 because I think he's only about like six, 6-4, six, But... He didn't fit, and he couldn't get it done, and Pitt was a terrible team on the glass last year. And this year, you're going to have the two guys in the backcourt, McGowans and Johnson. Tony's going to play the three. Um, I think Terrell Brown is a serviceable five, especially on the defensive end. And this year, instead of Malik Ellison, who's a 6'4", 6'5", basically a wing player, you're going to put Kareem Koulibaly, who is a three-star top 150 guy in that power forward slot who just played for the Molly uh, under 19 team <clears throat> uh, that made it all the way to the championship game and the FIBA world games and lost to the U S uh, he's not a tremendous offensive player, but he's very good on the glass. And I think that starting five, if, if Johnson and McGowans can score and Terrell Brown can, can stay on the court for more than 18, 19 minutes a game, maybe Tony progresses a little bit, this Pittsburgh team could be something. Now, obviously, when you lose a player such as Jared Wilson-Frame and his and his three-point shooting from last year, that makes things a little bit more difficult. But I love McGowans. I love Xavier Johnson. Um, I think that Pitt, they have potential. I'm, again, like you, I'm not going to say they're going to be up there with GTech, but of those bottom five, I think they're going to probably be the best of the five. Um, I had Clemson. When we did the voting ahead of them by one slot, which you uh, promptly gave me shit for, and then uh, Clyde Trap towards ACL, he'll be out the season. I'm not sure if some of these guys are going to get their waivers now because the NCAA is kind of revamping their their waiver process, so that's impacting a lot of these guys at the bottom of the list. But uh, I fully have you have you seen Koulibaly? Did you watch much of the FIBA games?
1: Can you repeat that again? I didn't quite get that last question.
0: Did you uh, did you watch much of the uh, the U nineteen games?
1: I watched a couple of games. Uh, you know, I watched mostly the American game or watched all of the American mm-hmm. you know team uh, but yeah, it was a good event.
0: <laughs> did you did you happen to catch Koulibaly play at all? The Molly team?
1: No, I did not watch them. No, okay.
0: Um, one team that uh, you know, I, I I heard on another podcast where some people kind of brushed GTech aside in favor of Syracuse. Syracuse is a team that you wanted to touch on tonight. I think they have a really underrated freshman class, uh, especially uh, Garrier and, uh, and and Joe Gerard the uh, third, Bryson Gooden also good player. Uh, they have multiple guys that are talented but they don't have kind of that alpha guy coming in this year they lost a lot last year with howard battle bursette all either graduating or or moving on to the pro leagues what uh what are you thinking about the orange you know does the coaching in the zone get it done or are they going to regress a little bit this year
1: i mean obviously they'll regress i think i think they'll probably you know as the saying always goes they'll be on the bubble right uh you know, Jalen Carey, I think he's going to take a big step forward. You know, didn't really get to play a whole lot last year. Eli Hughes, you know, I think he'll he's in for, you know, a monster scoring season,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, especially, you know, with Battle and Brissett gone. Uh, Bayheim I think, you know, Boeheim's a player I think will be, you know, solid this year. You know, he probably played too many minutes as a freshman, but I guess. The one you know advantage of that is now you know you look sophomore year he's going to know a little bit more what he's doing i think dole's it jay is you know he's a solid you know do everything type player play kind of the four or five mm-hmm. i don't know you know a whole lot about burma dba yeah. you know He's shown flashes of being great, but I don't know if you can consistently count on him, you know, at the five. Uh, But, you know, Bryce Gooden and uh, Joe Girard, you know, should be solid freshmen. You know, I think that they're good enough to be, you know, competitive. I think they're, you know, good enough to maybe, you know, get a couple of quad one wins. But I think, you know, they'll also – you know, struggle and lose a couple, you know, they might lose to the bottom five of the ACC a couple of times. Uh, So, you know, it's just kind of that old phrase, they'll win some games, they'll lose some games, and they'll probably end up being on the bubble.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a team that, you know, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get maybe a top half ACC team in the Carrier Dome, and they're gonna upset them. But then they're gonna go on the road, they're gonna lose to Clemson. You know what I mean? I think it's gonna mm-hmm. be something like that. Um, I actually have them finishing 11th in the league this year. I just, I, I think Jalen Carey, as far as counting stats, is gonna be a, a breakout player, and people are gonna go, holy hell. I don't really know why he didn't play last year. All, you know, more than he did, other than. Uh, Syracuse had a plethora of guards with Carey, Beheim, Battle, Howard, um, you know, a, a among other players, Hughes. So Sidibe, I, he, you know, he, I think he's a good player when he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. I think he sat out the, the first part of the 17-18 season, and then he was sitting out a little bit last year. And then he came in, I think he had a double-double in like his first or second game back. I, that may be wrong, but he had a big game at some point, and everyone said, hey, there he is. And then I think he kind of got get nicked up a little bit, or they kind of went to dolage a little bit, and then they went back to, to Chuku a little bit. Chukwu is now past, um, you know, graduated and exhausted his eligibility. But if Sidibe can stay healthy, he can be the guy to anchor that zone, and I think that's that's what they should should do. I, I'm not a big Dolezal guy. I was when he was coming into school, but. Not anymore. I think uh, I, I just don't think he's developing the way that I originally hoped that he would. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to touch a little bit. You released um, your top 100 players on MakingTheMadness.com uh, a couple weeks ago. I had you throw together uh, your top 25 players in the ACC uh, for the, ni- uh, the 2019-20 season, and I wanted to run down through that a little bit if you've uh, if you've got the time go ahead um, I kind of split these up into five tiers we're gonna go backwards through this one of these tiers is really interesting to me and I'll, I'll when I get there I'll, I'll let you know but uh, 25 through 21 you have Winston Tabs Amir Sims Cassius Stanley Lamar Kimball and CJ Bryce I think uh, the the Stanley ranking speaks for itself I mean he's a he's a high-level guy who could he could get you know, lost in the Duke shuffle or he could be a top 20 player in the league. I think he's ranked pretty well perfectly as well as C.J. Bryce. Winston Tabs is a guy that you have at 25, which I'm not saying is, is too low, given especially given how he performed and how injured he was last year. What do you think the ceiling is for tabs this year if he is indeed healthy?
1: I think if he's healthy and, you know, playing well, you know, I think he has the potential, you know, maybe be a third-team All-ACC type player.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, You know, it just kind of depends how much he scores uh, per game and, you know, what his role, I guess. He should be the go-to guy, but they bring in Derek Thornton as a grad transfer, you know, maybe he takes a backseat to Thornton. I don't think it it will be that case, but you you never know.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. I, actually, I think that that addition helps Tabs a lot because now he's going to be able to play off the ball more. Yeah. Um, twenty through sixteen. There's a, a you know Jalen Carey twenty, uh, Dwayne Sutton, MJ Walker at eighteen, Armando Baycott, seventeen, Braxton Key at sixteen stands out to me a little bit. I am not as high on Key as some others. Um, MJ Walker is a guy who. He could be – he's got the talent to be a top 10 guy, but he's also got the the history of a guy who might be in the 40s. uh, As far as these guys go, Dwayne Sutton might be the least known guy on the list, but also maybe the most impactful guy on the list. What are your thoughts on Sutton?
1: Uh, He's, you know, really a solid player. He's going to come in, can shoot the ball, You know, at pretty efficient rates, he's going to come in, you know, kind of get you probably around like 10, 12 points a night, maybe, you know, more depending on the night. But, you know, he's, you know, a solid player, good defender, uh, and, you know, really impactful for a Louisville team that I think is probably going to be maybe winning the ACC this year, if not probably finishing second or third. So, you know, he's definitely a valuable player for this Louisville
0: team. He's the guy, you know, he's going to hunt the corner three. He's going to rebound. He's going to handle the ball a little bit. He's a guy that may be, as far as anybody else on this list, um, I might, might, you know, put him with Garrison Brooks and say that they're the two most underappreciated guys on this list. Um, 15 to 11 is Garrison Brooks. Uh, 14 is Jose Alvarado, Xavier Johnson, Samuel Williamson, Matthew Hurt. I actually think, and I'm looking at this real quick, I have Matthew Hurt as the number two freshman in the league coming into this year. What uh, What is your expectation of Matthew Hurt? And for those who don't know, he's a 6'9", 6'10", um, you know, hybrid forward who can shoot the ball as well as some athleticism to finish at the rim. What's your expectation for Matthew Hurt this year, Johnson?
1: I think he'll probably be, you know, kind of a 12, 15 point a game type score per night. Uh, I I like that he can, you know, kind of step out and shoot the three. You know, if Vernon Carey, Trey Jones on the court, you really need, you know, that third guy that you know can step out and shoot the three. Yep. and then you know, a good inside player as well. You know, just a solid overall game.
0: Yeah, I. I projected Hurt to lead Duke in scoring this year. I, I, you know, I hit publish, and it's it's kind of buyer's remorse when you get to some of that stuff. I I, I kind of wanted to walk it back. I think Carey is probably the likely candidate at this point. But the way that Hurt shoots the ball, which is, it's very interesting. He's a six ten guy who has the shot of a guy like, you know, six three six four. He just kind of gets it up and off very quickly there's no load up there's no slow it's kind of one fluid movement which is very intriguing to me because he's got the height to shoot over smaller guys and he's also got the quick release to get it um up and out of his hands when guarded by a bigger guy so matthew hurt is one of the more intriguing guys to me um have you seen a whole lot of the louisville freshman samuel williamson i've not seen a ton of him. i know he's you
1: know Solid player, you know. I think he's six eight, yeah. if I remember correctly. Uh, he should come in. You know, he can shoot the ball a little bit. Should come in and you know, and he's very athletic. I've seen you know him a lot of his dunks. and <laughs> uh, you know on YouTube you see dunks and made three points. right, yeah,
0: and they shoot one hundred percent, yeah,
1: yeah, never <laughs> never miss, except when they the other guys miss cuz they they get blocked by him but he
0: never misses. I uh you know I but, just watching Williamson play I think he has one of the prettier jump shots and I think because Louisville's playing in this league where they have Cole Anthony coming in and Matthew Hurt and Vernon Carey and you know Armando Baycott and some other guys that people aren't talking about Samuel Williamson as much as if he was going to like the Big 10 Yeah I I like
1: his role you know he's getting at Louisville, he's going to play, you know, kind of Louisville, you know, they'll probably start Kimball at the one and either Enoch or Williams. They'll probably, you know, split those minutes. Mm-hmm. I like the, you know, two through four lineup. You got Williamson. You obviously got Nora, who's might be the best player in the ACC, and Dwayne Sutton. You know, I, I like the switchability on that, you know, kind of defensively and, you know, offensively. For
0: this team yeah when you got uh you know when your two through five guys run you know six seven six seven six eight and six ten six eleven I mean that's and you can still shoot the three without missing a beat that is in my opinion very dangerous not to mention <laughs> when Samuel Williamson who's a five-star guy and one of the best players on the I want to say Adidas Circuit, but don't don't quote me on that. When he's coming in and he's going to be your potentially third or fourth scorer, that means you're really doing something right. I think Louisville is absolutely loaded this year. Um, Ten through six, John Mooney, a guy that we've we've kind of touched on. Uh, Mamadi Diakite at nine, which I think should make Virginia fans pretty happy. I think that's a little bit higher than what I would have him. Uh, Elijah Hughes at eight, Trent Forrest at seven, and Chris Likes at six. Um, Interested to hear your thoughts on Forrest. I know you're, you're a little bit, you're, you're higher than I am on Florida State. We've kind of talked about him a little bit. Do you expect him to take a huge jump this year, or is it just because he is one of the more solid, steady guys in the ACC? I,
1: I think, uh, you know, looking back on this list, that the ranking of Forrest, you know, he's a little bit high. But, you know, I do think he's, you know, a really solid player for a Florida State team, you know, that I also think probably I think I have them at fourth. I think they're probably the fourth best team in the A C C in my opinion. So I guess, you know, that gets him probably, you know, a second team all A C C mention. Uh I think he's you know, it's either him or NJ Walker will be the guy this year. Who knows? But, you know, Forced is the likely candidate, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think as far as um when we talk about you know high high floor high ceiling guys i think trent forrest falls into that i think that you know we talked earlier about uh, cole anthony averaging you know 15 5 and 5 and how legendary that would be i don't think it would be outside the realm of possibilities for trent forrest to average like you know, 12, 5, and 4, somewhere in there, and, you know, have some nights where he gets 18, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. I think that's kind of right in his wheelhouse. He's a huge lead guard, handles the ball well, plays plays very well on the defensive end. But when you're talking about either him or MJ Walker, if I'm going to take a guy that's going to be steady every night, I'm taking Trent Forrest over MJ Walker. I agree with you 100% because I think you're going to get some nights where MJ is going to shoot – Two for ten and and score five points and Florida State loses at home, whereas you know I think Forrest is kind of a, a steadier hand for that team.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, your top five guys, top five players overall for uh, for the ACC this year. Number five, Markel Johnson. Number four, Vernon Carey. Trey Jones, freshman. Cole Anthony, freshman. Jordan Wara uh, junior, who we've we've kind of talked about at length at this point a couple guys that we haven't mentioned very much so far tonight. Uh number 5 Markel Johnson, number 4 Vernon Carey. I guess with Carey what's your expectation for him? Is this going to be like a Carlos Boozer type season or is it just going to be or is he going to be like Elton Brand player of the year type? What what what's your expectation there?
1: I think you know, going more recent, I could say maybe like Wendell Carter ish. Type where he's going to you know play the five, but it'll, it'll probably be Wendell Carter. You know, with Mar- Marvin Bagley was out and not playing, like, mm-hmm. level talent. Yep. You know, he's going to come in and you know be the go-to guy down low. Uh, you know, he's a real you know, big, solid, physical player. Can block shots. Yeah, I think he's going to make an impact for this Duke team, and I think, you know, they might not win the ACC because, you know, they haven't since 2010, Mm -hmm. but he's certainly going to be an impactful player for this team.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, when I did um, the freshman 15, Kerry was my number three freshman. I think that people get kind of lost in... The Duke three-point shooting over the years—they've been kind of three-point heavy now. Obviously, last year you got a, a transcendent player like Zion, and then maybe the best second fiddle guy in the history of college basketball, and RJ Barrett. Um, they kind of got away from that last year, but when Coach K has dominant big men, he seems to use them very effectively uh, over the course of his of his career. Certainly in the in the late '90s and then uh, the 2000s, so. <clears throat> He will adapt to having a player such as Vernon Carey who is a – he's just a behemoth. I mean, if you've seen the juggernaut on the Marvel movies, he is the juggernaut. He's just – he's a big dude. He's going to push people around as a freshman. He's got an NBA-level body right now. Um, might be a little heavy, but I think at the college level he's just going to be able to to just bowl through people. So I think Carey is – you know, the more that I watch him, the more that I, I see him on YouTube, the more that I think about it, the more I like him, I'm just uh, – I I think the biggest, the bigger question for Duke this year is how Trey Jones shoots the ball from three, which obviously has to be a major part of his offseason development. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about tonight was, I wanted to talk about uh, our top five national title contenders coming into the season. Again, I realize it's only July 22nd, but uh, you know, something fun to talk about. Who are you? You wanted to actually go to six, so you have you, you must have some specific teams in mind. Who are your, your top six contenders?
1: Okay, I, I actually moved up to seven, <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of have them. I kind of have like a different tier. I think Michigan State, you know, is in a tier of itself. You know, obviously Cassius Winston, Josh Langford. Xavier Tillman, that's about that as good as a one through threes mm-hmm. you can get. Aaron Henry, yep. you know, he's very solid player. Uh, you know, the one question, I guess, with Michigan State is whether they decide they want to, you know, run Xavier Tillman at the five or, you know, they got some other players like Rocket Watts. They want to move, you know, Tillman maybe to the four. You know, we'll see what Izzo does with that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of Michigan State? I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I think Watts. Uh, Watts is going to come off the bench. He's going to back up Winston. I think at this point, uh, it's going to go Winston Langford, probably Henry at the three, um, Tillman at the five. I don't really. I'm gonna have to pull up their roster real quick. Um, I, I have them as my number one team. You know when I'm picking. Uh, title contenders for the season. That, that's the first place I went was Michigan State. Um, yeah, yeah. Tillman's going to have to play the five. I, I don't know a whole lot about Bingham. I know that he's highly regarded. But, you know, it, the funny thing about, and I'm just, you know, as far as their starting five goes, it doesn't get a whole lot better. Than, than Michigan State. Now, whether or not, you know, Hall starts at the three, Bingham at the four, Tillman at the five, I think that's possible, but I think you're gonna see Henry at the four, Tillman at the five. I you know, it, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a it's gonna be who plays better in practice. You know what I mean? I don't know a whole lot about some of these freshmen other than typically Tom Izzo gets a lot out of his freshman guys. I don't see them I don't see them putting – the freshman that I'm most familiar with is Rocket Watts. I don't think that he's going to play the point and have Winston move to the two, Langford to the three. I don't think that he's a player that you can put at the two alongside Winston. Now, if Izzo wants to go two point guards, that's certainly a possibility. That's his prerogative. He's a Hall of Fame coach he can do whatever he wants. But it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to play around with probably with Hall, Bingham, um, uh, Henry, and Tillman, and we'll get whoever plays better in practice will be the guy who starts. I don't know really and anything I, about Julius Marble, so
1: I mean, I guess when you have a you know top four like that, you can pu- kind of play around and mess around with whoever the fifth starter is.
0: And, and honestly, it's probably going to be whoever is the better defender. You know, I mean, they're going to put that guy in because that's you know hard nosed Michigan State basketball. That's what Thomas is going to do. He's going to put a defender in there, and then he's going to bring an offensive guy off the bench. is Is what I would predict to happen in that situation. Yeah. Um. Uh, Ned, go ahead. Uh,
1: my my number two is Kansas. Uh, I know you had them low in your uh, original mm-hmm. top twenty five, but uh, I look at this team. You know, they have the point guard. You know, in the center, best point guard center combo in the league you know, he's really athletic, really quick, can get his shot, you know, and as a bouquet down low, you know, I, when, when he's on the court, which that's a big if, I guess, just because of health. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no stopping this guy. No, he's, he's a free right, train. A free throw line. Uh, I guess the only question with them is whether they want to play, you know, four guards, maybe Jalen Wilson or – Marcus Garrett at the four, or if they actually wanna go through with the as a bouquet Silvio a uh, Too two big lineup, which I think, you know, it's kind of questionable, but we'll see with them, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I think the way that this roster I mean, I, I had them originally at number twenty <laughs> which looking back, holy shit, what was I thinking? But they then they kinda of went out and they addressed all their needs, basically. You know, everything that I had questions about, I don't know a whole lot about Igbaji. You know, I I just, you know, I probably watched a handful of Kansas games on the the second TV, you know, over the course of last season. But um, like you said, as far as dominant big men, especially on the glass and defensively, it doesn't get any better than Doak. Um, I think what you may see is, you know, you have Mitch Lightfoot who has kind of played his way from a what the hell is he doing on the floor guy as a freshman to a legit backup big right now. And I think what some of these, these moves have done, what they've afforded Kansas and Bill Self to do, is they can give you some different looks right now. I think you can play De Silva and, and Doke together. I'm not really sure how that works because they're kind of the same player other than Doke is just a monster compared to, you know, De Silva's a little bit smaller. Neither one of them can really stretch the floor, or create space, so you're going to have that that two-block UNC look, which I don't know if, if Bill Self wants to do that. I think... The more likely scenario is Da Silva backs up Doke and somebody like Isaiah Moss, who's is going who's transferring in, kind of slides into that, that stretchy four-type player. But, you know, baji has got a little bit of height to him. He can step out a little bit. One thing that I wonder about, I, I currently have Kansas at number eight. I don't have them on my top six title contenders right now. I'm probably the only guy in the country that doesn't is. It was really interesting to see... <clears throat> or to hear, I can't remember where I heard it, where some guys kind of intimated that Devin Dotson's profile has been elevated because the options for Kansas, if he had left, were so bad. Just by comparison, just weren't a comparison at all. So when he came back, people were like, oh, thank God he's back. He's an All-American candidate. When in reality, he was, he was very good last year, but he he wasn't tremendous just like Trey Jones isn't I mean he's a tremendous defensive player he's a tremendous uh, ball handler and distributor but he can't score so I mean I have Devin Dotson I think Devin Dotson is a better player than Trey Jones but I'm not sure that he is one of the top 8 to 10 players in the entire country I just think he's better than the option that Kansas had otherwise I don't have Kansas in my 6 title contenders right now yeah I think
2: that
1: Going with Dawson, at least, you know, I think the one thing, the one concern area was, you know, kind of the shooting. But if he can work a little bit on that, you know, and, you know, he'll have more pieces around him. You know, last year they really didn't have much shooting. Uh, Quentin Grimes was just (laughs) borderline unplayable for most of the season. Uh, Baji, you know, he had a couple... Good games, but he also had like a stretch where he didn't make a three for like three straight weeks. So it was just kind of hit or miss. We'll see if they get better, but you know, I I like the talents on paper. We'll see, you know, kind of if it fits together.
0: Yeah, I think Jalen Wilson is going to be is going to play a a big key. I mean, if if you have a night where Moss isn't hitting, where Abaji isn't hitting, you know, Jalen Wilson is going to have to come off the bench and try to give them some relief. You talked about Dotson shooting. I think, I don't have his stats in front of me right now, but I think he still shot 34, 35% from three. So, I mean, I'll take that from a freshman every day of the week. I think Trey Jones only shot 26%. So, um, so, yeah, he's significantly better than Trey
1: Jones. Right.
0: I, I don't, I'm not saying that Devin Dotson's bad. I'm just saying that I think, given what the alternative was for Kansas at the point guard position, it's a very good thing that Dotson is back because he does have that high level of play. I'm just not sure he is the savior. He's very good. He's one of the top probably seven or eight point guards in the country by, by far. But let's just calm down with like, you know, first team All American talk or anything like that. I think that's a little bit crazy at this point. Who's, uh, who's your third team? Uh,
1: I guess in that tier, I guess Kentucky, mm-hmm. we could roll with them. We haven't really talked about them. I, I had Duke ahead of Kentucky, but we've kind of touched a little bit on K- Duke a little bit, so
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I want to go to Kentucky. I think this roster's, you know, pretty solid, one through four. I, I do question, you know, whether Nick Richards or E.J. Montgomery, you know, can play that small ball five. You know, they're pretty well, pretty loaded, you know, one through four, mm-hmm. Hagan's obviously, you know, a defensive menace. Tyrese Maxey, you know, is a solid, he's a really good scorer. Uh, Keon Brooks, Keil Whitney, you know, really good players at the 3-4. Uh, but, I mean, EJ Montgomery, Nick Richards, don't scream like star player at the center, which I guess is a little bit of my concern with them.
0: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> when it comes to their big man, I, and I agree, I, I do have Kentucky on my list. Um, I think Richards has been kind of relegated to rebounder. You know what I mean? He's a bench rebounder. And I talked to a, a couple guys in the offseason, especially when we were talking um, in the heat of the Kerry Blackshear transfer. You know, some people were, were saying that, you know, the presence of Nick Richards may kind of turn off Blackshear as far as attending kentucky i don't know if that was what happened or not but i don't think that john calipari is gonna is gonna hesitate to sick nick richards if carrie blackshear had gone to kentucky now um we shouldn't forget that uh, nate sistina who's a transfer from bucknell i believe is also on the roster who's a very good player for at, at the mid-major level i i think that Right now I think EJ is probably the starting center. I think he's uh, he's got elite upside as far as uh, rim protection. I think he's going to be a very good glass guy. And I think that <clears throat> I, I small ball 5, I think he's going to play the typical traditional 5. I think you're going to have Higgins at the 1 with quickly backing him up. I think that's a given. And then, you know, Maxi and JuZang, both very good scorers they're gonna be carrying a lot of the scoring load between those two and, and Keon Brooks I think Khalil Whitney is gonna play that hybrid three four forward type spot he has some floor yeah. stretching ability um, you know if I if I were to guess I would say they're gonna roll with Higgins, Maxi Brooks Whitney and Montgomery um, now I can see ju maybe working his way in there but we'll see what happens I think that Kentucky's biggest Issue this year is you know, Same as every other year I guess Is they're going to be heavily reliant On one of these freshmen to carry that scoring load Every night I think it could look A whole lot like that uh, that Malik Monk uh, Kentucky team From a few years ago where Monk has to Score 20, 25, 30 points A night
1: Yeah
0: or 46 to Beat <laughs> North Carolina by one Right exactly yeah Um Anybody else in that tier, or did you did you have a second tier that maybe you're not quite as high on?
1: I also put Florida in that tier. Yep. I just look at them. Their starting lineup is really good. Andrew Nimhardt, you know, he's he's not like the best point guard in the country, but he's a really solid point guard. Steady guard, multiple yeah. positions. Uh, Noah Locke, you know, he was a good scorer last year for the Gators. Uh, Keontae Johnson was, you know, pretty good as a freshman. They import, you know, the two five-star freshmen and ter- Trey Mann and uh, Sky Lewis, and then obviously Kerry Blackshear down low. We we know how good he is, right. but I really like this Florida team. Uh, I guess my only question with them is: can they take that step forward and you know go from being? a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament to being a national legitimate national title contender. And I guess, you know, along the lines is, you know, they do have a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Hudson out and all these freshmen and blacks are in.
0: Yeah. The one thing about Florida for me is they got a lot of guards. Um, Now, obviously, I think that the, the consensus right now is they're going to try to play Keontae Johnson with a stretch four position, it's kind of a small ball four. He can shoot a little bit. And then you got, you know, Blackshear playing on the block. I'm fine with that, but there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team right now. Um, and, you know, it's funny that Kerry Blackshear finds his way um, onto another team that doesn't really have the depth behind him to, to, to kind of back him up. I think that, um, well, who am I trying to think of? Omar Payne, that's who it is. Uh, you know, talking to um, a guy who knows more about Florida basketball than I do, and a guy that you know as well, you were in the same group chat with him, he doesn't really expect Omar Payne to have a tremendous impact on this Florida team as a freshman. Even though you know he's a highly recruited, you know top fifty four star guy, so that'll be interesting. We'll see if uh, the Gorjak, Gak player is a guy that will get some run. Um, Isaiah Stokes obviously transferred. Keith Stone is gone, so Kerry Blackshear finds himself as a guy on a team without much behind him again. Unless you know the early thoughts on Omar Payne are are incorrect, or maybe you know maybe there's some development that hasn't hasn't taken yet, and he'll he'll take off. But um, as far as the top five goes, I, I think Florida. I have them at number five as well. I could easily be talked into having them at number two, uh, behind only Michigan State. I, I think that Florida is one of the absolutely top three title contenders in, in the entire country right now. I, I would agree with that. Um, who else you got?
1: I have Duke, the three ACC teams to round it out. I have Duke, Louisville, and North Carolina.
0: North Carolina. Let's talk uh, about UNC. Well, we've talked about Duke and Louisville, like you said. Let's uh, let's go to the UNC real quick.
1: Uh, Duke first, right?
0: Yeah, you can if you want. I just we've kind of beat that horse a little bit. But if you want to, if you got something you want to say about Duke, go ahead.
1: Uh, I guess my biggest question with them is, you know, kind of can Wendell Moore and Cassius Stanley, you know, be good players? Because we we know what Hurt and Carr are going to do down mm-hmm. low we know Trey Jones, you know, he's going to get others involved. Uh, You know, can Cassius Stanley, Wendell Moore, you know, be guys that, you know, I guess what they'll probably be asked to do, they'll be, you know, kind of on the perimeter, shooting threes, uh, driving inside, you know, trying to make more plays on the wing, Mm -hmm. you know, can they, you know, get that done? And I guess, can, like, Alex O'Connell maybe step up if <sighs> those two are not able to do? Which I'm not too confident in how O'Connell <laughs> you, you don't seem too confident either.
0: I mean, guy can't guard a folding chair. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. For as athletic as he is, you would think he'd be able to stay in front of some people, but he just can't seem to get it done. Yeah. Um, as far as Wendell Moore goes... I, I think that he, it, this this Duke roster is very interesting. Um, and I say that because, you know, you don't have Bagley, Carter, or uh, Gary Trent Jr. You don't have Barrett, Williamson, or Cam Reddish on this team. I think the biggest thing with this roster is Coach K is going to have to coach, which, you know, in, the, in recent years, he's just kind of had to roll the ball out. And, you know, they'll figure it out eventually because they're going to out-talent and out-athlete. Other teams on the court. Now, they might be able to out athletes most of the teams and they might out talent some teams, but this team is full of very good players and not transcendent players like it has been in a couple years past. Now, when I look at Duke, you know, say you play in three games in a week, you're going to see. More lead them in scoring. Hurt lead them in scoring. Carry lead them in scoring. I don't know if you're going to see one guy dominate the box score every night, which that may work in their favor. Is that is that kind of how you see this team right now?
1: Yeah, I think you know the majority of the night it'll be Hurt and Carry, uh, but I could definitely see Wendell Moore and you know Cassius Stanley, I guess, having a couple good nights here or there.
0: Yeah, I just it's. Duke is going to be very interesting. I, I could see, you know, it wouldn't shock me with, I, I've always been a kind of guy that would, instead of having one player, say like the Markel Fultz Washington team, um, instead of having that one guy, I would rather step down a level and give me two or three other guys that are that are good, yeah. but maybe not... Um, number one player in the NBA draft, good. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. this Duke is going to be a some-of-the-parts type team more than what it's been in the past, which sounds kind of foolish because there's still, what, three five-star guys coming in. So it's yeah. it's a little bit different, but they're different type of five-star guys than what we're traditionally used to. Yeah. There's um, no Zion Williamson this year, right? To, to bail them out to make some kind of spectacular play like that block on on DeAndre Hunter, you know what I mean? That stuff that's that's one that's generational, you know, as far as the stuff that he could do on the court. So it, yeah. it'll be very interesting. Um, one team, and like I said, we've we've kind of hit on some other ones. I want to bring up one team that, and I, I spoke earlier about Virginia. <clears throat> About, you know, hey, well, it's Tony Bennett. You know, he's going to figure it out. Virginia's going to be good. And I kind of went that way with my seventh team. And I was I was fairly confident that you wouldn't have them on on yours. So it was a good opportunity to talk about them. I have Texas Tech on my list. Um, I just I, I right now you can't. There's nothing you could say to me that could conv- that could convince me that Chris Beard isn't quite possibly one of the top three coaches in the country. And I know that they lose Jarrett Culver and they lose Tariq Owens. And, you know, there's some other stuff going on with that roster. You know, Kayvon Moore transferred out. But when you've got players like uh, Moretti, uh, Kyler Edwards, who's on everybody's breakout list, uh, and then you have guys coming in, such as Chris Clark, TJ Holyfield, freshman talent coming in, and Jameis Ramsey, Terrence Shannon. Uh, you got a nice big man coming in, and Tyreek Smith. I just don't see how Chris Beard, how how it kind of falls off for him. Is where is Texas Tech on your radar as far as title contenders?
1: I think they're probably you know the past two years they've been a three seed. I think they're probably you know reasonably going to be there again. I, I'm not like on. I'm not saying like Tech Tech probably. I don't think they're a you know, one of the seven legit title contenders, I think they're more like on that secondary tier. Yeah. I think Moretti definitely takes a step forward. Tyler Edwards, you know, he's everyone's breakout mm-hmm. candidate for a reason. I think he had like fifteen in the title game against Virginia. Uh Jamias Ramsey is a you know, freshman guard. He should have a big impact this season for Red Raiders. Uh, we will see what Chris Clark and TJ Holyfield can bring to the table and kind of some of the other players, but this definitely a team that's, you know, probably going to finish second in the big 12, I would say behind Kansas. Yep. But, you know, I think it, they're definitely a really good team this year and, you know, maybe they'll make it back to the final four. We'll see next year, but I, I think that's my preseason assessment
0: of the team. Now, one one thing that I'm just going to mention this real quick. Um, I do know for a fact uh, through Rock and Twenty Five acquaintances that they're huge on Kevin McCullough, who is a six five backcourt player. They redshirted him last year. Comes in as only a two star guy, but they're very high on him. And a real quick stat on Kyler Edwards and why he is. Uh, everybody's breakout candidate. Uh, Jonathan mentioned his performance in the national title game. This is a kid that, as a true freshman last year, shot 31 of 69 from behind the arc. So he is a sniper, and his minutes are going to go through the roof this year. He's going to receive a lot of opportunity to score a lot of points. Um, One of the reasons that I I really like uh, Texas Tech Chris Beard, good guard play, good shooting. The The front court situation kind of bothers me, but Chris Clark has played that small ball four, small ball five in the past, so um, I'm pretty confident that uh, that they can get it done, especially under Beard's tutelage. Jonathan, was there anything else you wanted to hit on tonight, man? Uh,
1: that's about it. Uh, thank you for having me on. And I guess if you haven't checked out my top 100 player list, that's, worked hard on that I guess so you can go check that out at makingthemadness.com there should be some uh, ACCBR articles to come but other than that uh, thanks again for having me on
0: I appreciate you coming on man if you guys didn't catch that it's makingthemadness.com Jonathan Warner he is the ACCBR resident bracketologist you will see more of him on accbasketballreport.com when the season arrives and we start breaking down the NCAA tournament probably way before we actually should, but that's what we're here for. Jonathan, man, I thank you for joining me. Have a good evening.
1: Bracketology every day.
0: <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later.
1: Even right now. <laughs>
0: See ya. All right, guys. That was Jonathan Warner of MakingTheMadness.com as well as ACC basketball report. Jonathan's a really heady guy, really smart guy. Um is He's a another one of these guys that is a national guy, as and I say that meaning like I concentrate on the ACC. Uh, Blake Lavelle, for the most part, concentrates on the SEC. Okay, um, <clears throat> things of that nature. Jonathan is one of those <clears throat> savant esque type guys that can somehow retain knowledge, spreading nationwide, and it's something I cannot do. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I have to I have to deep dive to. To think and recall and make myself familiar with some of these guys that that Kevin Sweeney, Brad Cavalier, Tony Patellas, um, Jonathan himself, a lot of these other guys can just pull out of a hat and, and make these lists. It's absolutely incredible. Some of the the knowledge that these guys possess, it's it's incredible to me. What I, I have a hard time keeping track of fifteen teams worth of players. These guys, you could ask these guys who the starting five is at Utah State, and they'll fucking bang it out. It's incredible. Um, Again, don't forget uh, ACCBR Now on Spotify So go ahead and subscribe there Again, if that's your outlet of choice I have Let's see, upcoming guests What do we got going on? I'm going to bring on (laughs) uh, That's right, uh, the the Phony Bennett Not Tony Bennett Phony, P-H-O-N-Y Phony Bennett um, Who is a diehard uh, Obviously Virginia Cavaliers fan Will make an appearance on this on this show in a couple weeks i thought i had one more guy um let me check real quick let me check th- oh no 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 <laughs> it was a uh never mind it was a dipshit that uh decided he didn't want to come on the show because i called him a hack and for those of you who pay attention you guys know who that is but i will be having uh andrew andy i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher your name here uh andrew i'm gonna say decoff um, Andrew is a voter on the rockin 25 so he's one of the family and he did a study recently regarding wins, tournament wins, um, revenue produced and uh, another guy on Twitter turned that into um, some kind of graph. I'm not going to try to get technical because I don't know what that kind of graph is called scatter graph is what I'm going to call it but uh, it really illustrates uh, programs budgets and their you know uh, how many wins, how many tournament wins. And what each win is worth. Obviously the ACC, SEC teams kind of appear further down the line. One team to me, and one program in the ACC really stuck out to me. It may not be who you think. Um, but then again, <laughs> depending on who your who your, your uh, allegiances lie or where your allegiances lie, it may not come as a shock. So Andrew is moving back from China in the next week or so. We're going to get him on when he gets back and gets settled. Then we're going to have Tony Bennett on. Then I'm probably going to take a couple weeks off. That puts us into late August. I'm going to have uh, Tristan, from, um, who is my editor at Bustin' Brackets. He's going to come on the show. We're going to talk about Pittsburgh hoops a little bit. Uh, just seeing... Oh, Jesus. Just seeing uh, come across Twitter that G-Tech is going to play Kentucky this year. On November 27th. That should be a complete shit show. Um, and then, I think... When we get into, I'm going to take a little bit of a break after Tristan as well because it seems like as we get to this point in the preseason, kind of hammering the same stuff. There's only so much I can tell you or so many times I can tell you guys that I like Louisville. Okay, There's only so many times we can talk about Cole Anthony and Markel Johnson and, and Trey Jones and how he couldn't shoot last year and that's going to be a point of emphasis. Or how this starting five for Duke is... A little bit different than previous years. There's only so many times I can do that without beating that dead horse, and eventually you guys are going to tune out. So, for a while, I'm going to take a little hiatus, maybe two or three weeks. We're going to come back. I'm going to try to get with some certain guys. I'm going to try to. I'm going to talk to Kevin Sweeney about getting back um, on the podcast, and we'll talk about the Big Ten ACC Challenge like we did last year. I haven't brought that up. So, Kevin, if you're listening to this before I get to you, expect that conversation to happen at some point. Um, <clears throat> I am going to have Sean Dillon and Eric Haslam back at some point. Haslam is in hibernation right now, so he's made it quite clear that he's off. He's on vacation. (laughs) It's not college basketball season, so he doesn't give a shit, which I can certainly respect. But uh, at this point for me, i got to try to build this this audience up as much as I can so we can hit the ground running when it is ACC basketball season. I hope you guys enjoyed episode number 70. I do know that there was some audio drops in this episode. That is a combination of me using... um, this new i say quote unquote laptop it's an acer laptop it's fucking garbage i will never buy another one the next the next laptop i buy is going to be a mac it's going to be a high end one and i'm not going to deal with this this laptop when i combine it with the use of verbalcommits.com as well as sportsreference.com and audacity while i'm recording <clears throat> when i combine those those options it is terrible for for the audio quality of this podcast and i apologize but when you're hitting some of the, the points that Jonathan and I were hitting tonight, again, I don't retain knowledge nationwide like some of these guys do. So I have to kind of constantly look it up because the last thing I want to do is look like a fucking moron. So that's what happened there. I apologize. We'll try to get it straightened out you know, before the season starts, hopefully. I don't know if there's something I can do with this laptop to clear out some space and get it to run a little bit more smoothly. But, uh, again, we'll try to get that figured out. I appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to subscribe, like, rate, review, share. Give me five stars. Leave me a comment on Apple Podcasts. And, again, don't forget that we're now on Spotify. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Peace.